Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Football 2 Plus 3 for 2018. And it's been busy to say the least in terms of what's been happening in the world of football. Joining me as always is the aficionado on all things football, Mo. Mo, it, it has been rather interesting since this transfer window has opened Boom, Liverpool have finally got their man, Van Dijk, 75-odd million pounds they, they've paid for him. And Southampton will be going, cool, we'll take the money. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? I mean, he was hardly featuring for them. He wanted out. And uh, once again, Southampton proving to be Liverpool's feeder club. Yeah, they love doing business there, don't they? They absolutely yeah, love doing business. And, and now with Coutinho going, I'm sure Southampton must be rubbing their hands when will Liverpool come back for more? Well, 146 million pounds, Coutinho to Barcelona. He's been flirting with the Catalan Giants for a long time now, and I believe that he has a buyout clause of 355 million pounds for any potential suitors, <clears throat> PSG. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think, you know, it comes down to the fact that there's two examples of two players who didn't want to stay where they were and wanted to leave. And then you've got to let them go. And I think at the end of the day, Liverpool will say, cool, we've uh, got 146 out of uh, Coutinho. We've spent 75 on, on Van Dijk. Let's try and get another attacker. I personally feel they need a striker, an out-and-out man who's in the box, who's a target man who's going to get them goals, like a big, burly striker. Um, but it looks like they were flirting with Mahrez from Liverpool. Do they really need another creative player? Oh, I, I tend to disagree with you. I think there's nothing wrong with their attack. Um, you know, they've got Salah, they've got uh, Mane, uh, Firmino, and let's not even forget Daniel Sturridge, who's hardly featured so far. I think they need more another goalkeeper, a top goalkeeper, and maybe a, another defender. I mean, they've got Van Dijk, who showed his quality. I mean, at both ends of the field, is a good defender, and he can pop up with an odd goal. But they needed another defender. To, to to make that defense a bit more uh, solid. Striker, uh, I mean, they've got the most ruthless attack. Why would they need another striker? No, but they've got like, how can I put it? They've got guys who are creative, who are playmakers, who aren't that clinical in front of goal. I mean, let's be honest, Salah is a great player, but he lacks the finishing touch of a Suarez or of a Morata or a Harry Kane. Imagine yeah, Liverpool different. with a guy like Harry Kane. It would be deadly. Uh, definitely. But let's not forget they've got Danny Ings, who, was, who they signed a couple of years ago and he's never played. He's going on loan to Newcastle. Don't worry. He'll go. <laughs> yeah, you, you're hoping for that one. <laughs> no, look, I don't think they attack. I mean, they need anyone additional. Uh, I think the Mares thing might just be a replacement for Coutinho. But uh, I don't think they need anyone. I mean, rather fix up where the problems are. Well, I know that Jurgen Klopp has said that either Sturridge or Ings will go out on loan. And Sturridge has apparently made himself available to Inter Milan, while Ings is saying that unless Liverpool can guarantee him game time, um, he will look for a loan move. But he will first seek out that affirmation, I suppose, from Jurgen Klopp. An interesting one, though. If you look at Liverpool, the one thing that's killed Liverpool, and it's probably going to add to my argument, is that 
Draws have been their biggest problems, is not putting teams away. Out of the Premier League teams, they're the, the team with the second least defeats. They've only got two defeats. City have zero, and then it's Liverpool. So make of it what you want. I still believe yes. Fine. A goalkeeper, because they've got two shocking goalkeepers. Uh, um, Defence, Van Dijk will probably team up with Gomez in the middle there and sure things up. Um, and then then, Van, then your club will be happy. But an out-and-out striker, and all of a sudden Liverpool become title contenders next season. Well, as usual, they can they'll keep saying, watch us next season. Yeah, we, we haven't seen that a lot yet, have we? Anyway, um, let's talk about... Romelu Lukaku, Manchester United, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte's little feud. We'll start there. I think Conte's done himself no favours by going after Mourinho. But at the same time, like he said, Mourinho said things he will never forget. The feud is not between Chelsea and Manchester United. It's between the two. Um, you think it's really necessary? you think Mourinho's deflecting here again from what his team's lacking? Or, or what do you think's going on there? What do you make of it? Well, I personally feel it was unnecessary, but I'm absolutely loving this whole thing. You know, this season, it's been a bit boring, you know, with the top six. Is there. It's not like previously where Ferguson and Wenger and Mourinho and Wenger, that type of thing. It's like been quite boring. And to have this in, in, in the mix when the fixtures came thick and fast and all of that, I think it was also planned to sort of deflect from United's poor form over the Christmas period. I think they like won one and drew three games or something like that. But it, it, it was entertaining. It was not necessary because, I mean, some of the stuff was quite personal. I mean, talking about Conte's uh, match-fixing allegation and Mourinho being a small man, and I don't know what that means, but in any case, it was very entertaining. And uh, This is the best league in the world, and we need a bit of that WWE-style entertainment. I have to agree with you. It is, I mean, that's why it's the best league in the world. Technically, it might not be the best football to watch, and a lot of people from La Liga and whatever else will say, oh, but this, and it's Italy, yeah, but this is more technical and it's more easy on the eye. The Premier League is the big show. It's the big league. It's where everyone wants to play. And that's where you want to be. And that's why you have the best managers in the world currently going at it hammer and tongs at one another. United, though, I mean, a lot's been said. Pep Guardiola has also come out and said that the fixture fixtures have been crazy. Yes, they have been crazy. But everyone's got similar amount of fixtures at the same time, don't they? I mean, it's a level playing field at the end of the day with a lot of teams. Yes, some teams are playing two games in 48 hours now. But then other teams have played two games in 48 hours previously. So it levels it all out at the end of the day, surely. I, I don't get why these managers complain about the fixtures over the Christmas period. It's not like it's sprung on them like in the last year or two. It's been going on for decades. You know, English football's always never taken a break. They play right through. And you, you've just got to accept that's how you deal with it. And all the teams play so it's not like okay they're favoring man city or you know chelsea or liverpool whatever they all have to play four games in 11 days or whatever it is over the christmas and new year period so i don't get why these managers complain you know about it deal with it you know you've got to test yourself as a manager rotate your squad figure it out there we go there we go and they get paid a lot of money to do this they do i mean that's why they're they're earning ridiculous amounts of money uh, and doing their thing chelsea they're going about their business, put a little steady run together. Obviously, uh, Antonio Conte has been uh, consumed or focusing on Mourinho a lot more. 
but their move for Ross Barkley, I mean, I know last night uh, they drew with, with Arsenal. Hazard was back in the mix, but Ross Barkley hasn't featured. They say he's still not match fit. But it's quite interesting that they've been talking about his transfer, his suspicious transfer from Everton to Chelsea, um, that I believe the Liverpool mayor has now handed over to the Liverpool police for investigation. I believe so. And I think there is a bit of something suspicious or dodgy in that one. Because, you know, the last transfer window, wasn't he supposed to move to Chelsea and then he decided not to and the fee was around like 30 million and all of a sudden he's now gone for 15 million. It seems very shady. It does a little bit. And I think what they're trying to establish is if the player and the agent were involved as well as a coach potentially to get sort of that um, transfer through. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But it's a signing I don't get. It's weird. Why, why did they sign him? Is to keep him to fill up a space on the bench. Is it not to get more English players into the squad? That's the only thing I can think of, is that they like drink water for me, who normally wouldn't, all due respect to the player, normally wouldn't be a player I would associate with being on, on Chelsea's radar. Although he's come in and he's performed, I can, the only thing I can think of is they're trying to sign more English players. It could be that they want to be a bit more English. Appeal more to the English fans. I don't know. I don't think the fans really care, to be honest, if there's Englishmen or Italians or Spaniards or Frenchmen in the team. I think as long as their team's winning, that's all that matters. Yeah, so that's what most fans do. Yeah, so um, that's what's happening. But you, We're jumping around a bit, and I apologize for that, but obviously the big match this weekend is Liverpool-Manchester City, and how that one will go will be very interesting because I think it's going to be quite a cracking match. I think we're going to see plenty, plenty goals i just think it's going to be box to box sort of thing you know what i mean well that's what we all hope to see so something sort of like the arsenal chelsea result from from you know the, the last week not last night's game but yeah last yeah that's right that classic 2-2 what a game that was that was a great game it was fantastic for the premier league i mean you we've got these managers complaining about players getting injured and yeah this fixture comes along and it's goals galore i think that's what it would be can see Liverpool really beating Man City. I think they, at best, would get a draw. I'd hope that someone can end this run of Man City. We don't want them to be the next Invincibles. Yeah, what is it now? 18? No, 17? 18? No, they're more. Unbeaten in the Premier League? No, they've won 20. They've won 20? You see? Yeah. It's become boring now. I've lost count. So... All right, so prediction-wise, you don't see Liverpool, do you see a draw there potentially? I think a draw would, would, would be uh, the end result. All right, so that one is on uh, Sunday. It's the last game on Sunday, so 6 o'clock kickoff at Anfield. Should be a cracker before that Bournemouth-Arsenal on Sunday. But Saturday, I suppose it's more about the relegation battle or the, or the teams at the bottom because it's only like a handful of points that separate 10th spot from 18th spot. And, I mean, you look at a Newcastle playing Swansea, Huddersfield, West Ham, you've got West Brom, Brighton, um, uh, Crystal Palace, Burnley. I mean, there's a lot of games there that three points will mean huge, huge things for the club and move them potentially out of a dangerous situation. So it will be interesting, but Chelsea, Leicester get the proceedings underway um, that's at five o'clock, followed by the rest of the fixtures, and then Tottenham Everton at seven thirty on Saturday. Harry Kane, Harry Kane, back in the mix there, surely. You know, at I home. Think, I think he will be back for that one. 
Um, he, he missed the last. Uh, he didn't play too much of the last couple of games, or he didn't do much. Let's say that rather. A lot of fantasy managers are disappointed. Yeah. But uh, that will be a good game. I mean, Everton also in a bit of in some good form, although they've lost their last two matches. But they they'll be looking to pick up points and Spurs at Wembley. I don't know if they they're really up for it. Yeah, I just get the feel like they don't. It's not really a home ground, if you know what I'm saying. Like White Hart Lane last season, Spurs were invincible there. They were really, you know, the fans got behind them. And while the stadium is being rebuilt, I just feel like Wembley doesn't really have that like home feel. And maybe that's why teams like Spurs aren't really up for it there. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's it's got to do more with the size of maybe Wembley. It's just very big compared to what they used to. Could be, it could be. I mean, it's a massive stadium. Yeah, it is, and I think that's maybe their biggest problem. But also, you don't know which Spurs is going to turn up. Sometimes, even at Wembley, they do quite well. Um, you know, in some other games that they've played, they've done relatively well. And then there's some fixtures that are just shockingly bad. I mean, they beat Southampton five-two at Wembley. Yeah. No, look, I think that's the difference between maybe. Last season where they were challenging for the title and this season where they sort of languishing, well, languishing is not really the right word, but they're in fifth at the moment, three behind Liverpool, uh, two ahead of Arsenal, all 22 points, uh, 22 games played. So, on, on, on the topic of Arsenal, it's like, when is this Sanchez thing going to happen? Well, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I heard that um, Arsenal are basically saying that, you know, we're going to have to let him go for a free um, if someone doesn't bid for him. But I believe City have bid £20 million pounds and it's been knocked back by Arsenal. How true that is, I don't know. But I still think... Yeah, but yeah, but desperate because Jesus is injured. So Aguero is really the only recognised striker. And De Bruyne has come out yeah. and said that Sanchez would be great for them. And I think he would be. I think he would, be he'll be and awesome. And I think it just now comes down to money. He could join them now and sort of, you know, get a less signing on bonus or you can wait till he's a free agent if you collect more well that's the thing I think Arsenal also trying to feel out how how available Thomas Lamar and Mares are if they do let Sanchez go now yeah, they obviously want a replacement yeah he goes now exactly and uh, you know if he goes now it's, it's, it would speak, speak a lot about Sanchez because then he's got an opportunity to win a Premier League title and then still been running for like you know four competitions to win some trophies yeah and that, that wouldn't be a bad thing for him. That's another debate uh, we must have because Sanchez clearly hasn't been the player he was last season. I mean, a fantasy pick, he'd be one of the first guys you'd pick and he turned up and he'd guarantee you at least eight points. you get into double figures more than often, more often than, than none. But It's because obviously he's, he's, his heart is not in there. Yeah, but that's... So I said, these guys saying it's not about the money. Of course it is about the money and the ambition. It really is. Look at Shakiri. Uh, for Stoke, Stoke are in dire straits. They fired Mark Hughes. They don't know who they're going to appoint. Martin O'Neill's been linked with him. Shakiri was hooked after 50 minutes the other night. It was terrible. Yeah, look, uh, that that's, Stoke has just been uh, heading for disaster this season. You thought at the beginning of the season were the signings they've made and uh, they could be all right, you know, top 10 maybe, or even, you know, top 8. But it's just been bad. No, it's been bad. Mo, let's talk about fantasy. Um, I know the wild card is available again, but I would, I would just warn against it because I think with it, 
it's a tricky one because I would say the transfer window, let it run and then play a wild card. But at the same time, it's a perfect opportunity to flip the switch and try and get your team back on track with points. Because if you look at the transfer window, what are the really big transfers that potentially could move? You could have Sanchez going to City and then he would be a guy that I'd look to bring into your side because I think he'll fire at City, but not initially. So... You know, I think go for it. Maybe go with a wild card. Or if you want, like I've done this week, I've played my free hits, trying to get out the way and just test a little bit to see how we go before playing that wild card. Maybe that's the way to go. I think you'd be best to wait a bit because you've got the Mares thing. Is he going to move, stay? You've got Sanchez. Um, and then obviously some people who have Coutinho now need to transfer him out. Yeah. So it would be an interesting one as to... What I'd, I'd hold on to it for, but just let the transfer window close and then decide from there. But one player that's really standing out at the moment is Jesse Lingard. I mean, he's been on form, he's been scoring goals, assisting, and he looks like a whole new player. So, and he comes in quite cheap. Yeah, he's a bargain, bargain price, yeah. and he's a midfielder, which is even better. Yeah, so and he's getting goals, so and he's he doesn't cost too much 6.3. His price might be on the rise, but. He's a definite one to watch. Yeah, that's I say I say a midfielder because obviously you've got to play three strikers and you've got to try and play three heavy hitters who are going to get you points. Whereas Lingard comes in, he's um, a reasonable price and he gets you goals and assists. So a clever, clever call that. And obviously they're playing a managerless Stoke yeah, I, next week Monday. I think they'll thrash so them. At Old Trafford. Thrash them. It is at Yeah, it's Old Trafford. It is Old so, Trafford then, you know, he, he should score the maximum there. So I would look into getting him. And I also think you need to keep Aguero if he's in the mix because even though it is gonna, Liverpool... He's important against Liverpool. He's the, he's the big fish. No Jesus, he's the big fish as Aguero. Um, another player to keep an eye on who's not badly priced is Richarlison for Watford. They seem to be hitting a bit of form again. So think about that. Um, and David De Gea, if you haven't got him as your goalkeeper, I know he's expensive. But he has kept the most clean sheets in the Premier League this season. He is your man between the sticks, regardless of who they play. Yeah, look, in terms of getting clean sheets, but with fantasy, it's all also about saves. You know, the amount of saves a goalkeeper makes in a match counts. Yeah. No? So it depends on the opposition. Stoke are not going to give De Gea a lot to do. No, I think he can set up one of those um, chairs, one of those beach chairs, put out his towel, yeah. make himself a cup of tea. I don't think he's going to be very busy at Old Trafford on Monday night. I wonder who they'll get, though. I heard Ryan Giggs' name being touted around there. Oh, I mean, they need a they they need a big Sam, a fireman job. Come in and st stabilize and make sure Martin O'Neill maybe Ryan Giggs. He's would you right risk him? Would would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk Ryan Giggs at this stage of the season because no. it's touch yeah, and I mean, go now. Especially with all the other teams now, like Crystal Palace, West Ham appointing someone. Yeah, and getting out of it. Well, look at zone. look at Swansea. I mean, Swansea have I got what's a Cav what's a Cavalal? I can't pronounce his name yeah. properly. Carlos Carvajal. Carvajal, but, but he's come up from the championship. Yeah, but I mean, Swansea are done. I think they're going to just get relegated. Well, Newcastle, Swansea at St James's Park this weekend. It's a six-pointer for the Magpies. They've got to win, despite what's going on—the lack of transfers, the lack of the takeover. Um, that's got to happen soon. We've got to make Newcastle into a, a, a giant in the Northeast. I'm not saying a title contender, but the Premier League needs Newcastle from a point of view that it's a one-city club with a huge fan base and it, they always deliver something, regardless of what it is. So 
I really hope yeah. Amanda Staveley's consortium can get this deal done. Yeah, and also, I mean, they've been on a decent run of form. They, you know, they won in the FA Cup. They're putting together some decent results. Yeah, look, I think the winner is the West West Ham victory, the Stoke win, and if they can get three against Swansea, a lot of people's fears of relegation will be allayed for the time being. But they do need to add to the squad now. It's imperative. They offload someone like Mitrovic. They get in someone on loan like a Sturridge or an Ings um, and a Kennedy from, from Chelsea. So let, let's see what happens. But I know Conte is not keen to loan out players until he's got replacements because, you know, his squad is also a little bit thin at the moment. So I don't know. But we'll take William. We'll take anyone. <laughs> Send them up north. Send them. <laughs> All right, Mo, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, I just want to say... Uh, we're working on getting some Football 2 Plus 3 mugs out, some nice merchandise that we're work, working on for our podcast um, followers. Um, and we'll be throwing out some things on Twitter in the near future where you can get that. So we want to look after you and, and thanks for listening. So um, we'll have some Football 2 Plus 3 mugs up sooner or later. And um, follow us on Twitter at Football 2 Plus 3. Remember, you can catch us on iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective, csduplicy.co.za, uh, cliffcentral.com, just to name a few of the places. And it's on SoundCloud, on Facebook. You can find it wherever it is, the Ginger's Perspective, Football 2 Plus 3. Mo, your parting words? As always, be champions. Well, there you have it. It is the the first one. I almost said the last one. I don't know why I said the last one. But it just feels like 2017 is just like merged into 2018. So with the football we've had, it's been great so far. And I hope you enjoy it this weekend. And we'll chat to you next week.